Well, good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. It's great to have you with us for the first Sunday in 2021. 2020 is in the books. Uh, it's a time of fresh starts and new beginnings. And we're delighted that you've taken the time to join us here at Trinity Church. We're going to be looking forward this morning. Uh, so much of last year was spent struggling with the day to day. So we're going to begin this year, hopefully, hopeful of a better year to come. If you have a Bible, please do keep it open uh, in the book of Revelation that was just read for us. And as we come to God's word, let's pray together and ask him to bless our time with, as he speaks to us. Let's pray. Father, we do pray that. Uh, we ask that you would bless us in this time now. We ask that uh, you would speak to us, Lord God, that we would hear your voice clearly this morning. And as we look at this new year, we pray uh, your blessing upon us, Lord. And we ask that it will be a year where by your spirit you help us to see more of Christ. And so begin now, Father, with your word open, we pray. Give us ears to hear and help us to see Jesus. And we ask it in his name. Amen. You know, I think it's fair to say that there aren't many things in life that I am exceptional at. Uh, in much of my life, I found that I'm okay at most things. If I cook you a meal, it'll probably be okay. You won't get sick, but you also won't urge me to set up my own Michelin-style restaurant. Uh, if we played football together, I wouldn't embarrass myself, but I also wouldn't get scouted to play for a Premier League side. As a student, I was decent. Uh, I did well in my studies, but I was never a true bookworm, which frankly is probably a good thing. But the one thing I find that I have that is generally better than most people is that I have really good eyesight. Uh, I can see a really, really long way really, really clearly. Now, let's be honest, that is uh, probably one of the least exciting things to be amazing at. Uh, the reaction you get when you tell people that uh, is actually pretty underwhelming. Uh, someone might politely give you a, oh, OK, that's uh, that's great. Uh, well done. But that's really about it. I asked my wife uh, uh, the other day, uh, can you think of an interesting story about my good eyesight? And she went, uh, did you read something once? Uh, which I think pretty much sums the whole thing up. The, the ability to see and to see well isn't something we prize particularly highly, although perhaps we should. It is, after all, an amazing gift from God, and most of us just take it for granted when we open our eyes. Um, and it's only when we struggle to see, when things become more difficult to discern, that we start to appreciate how great the gift of sight truly is. And at this time of year, perhaps more than any other, we realise how dim our vision often is. I'm not talking about our physical vision particularly, but our ability to look into the distance and see the future. The new year always causes us to do that, doesn't it? To look forward. We face 2021 and we wonder what it will bring. And this year, perhaps more than any other we've previously known, we face the future with a mix of anticipation and dread. Many of us will be glad to see the back of 2020 and we look forward with hope. The vaccine is on its way. At some point, surely we will return to normality. But of course, right now uh, we're experiencing a significant tightening of the already stringent restrictions. Brexit is back again with a vengeance. I guess it never really went away. And who knows how COVID plays out over the next 12 months. And of course, that's just on a national level. For each of us, there are plenty of things that we are looking forward to as we consider the possibilities that a new year brings. New relationship, maybe. New career. Perhaps you'll finally achieve that promotion. 
you'll settle down. Maybe you plan to buy a house this year. Get the eight pack and get properly shredded. Perhaps there's a baby on the way or a wedding to plan. We may know or think we know what Psalm of 2021 holds for us. But the reality is our vision isn't clear. We can't be sure of what is to come. And that can be quite unsettling, quite scary, particularly if you're a pessimist. And I think even for the most optimistic amongst us this year, there is a degree of trepidation about what is just around the corner. And so I wanted to take the chance today to look into the distance with you and with the help of the Bible, see what the future holds for those of us who belong to Jesus. We've been tracking with the theme of light throughout this Christmas season and seeing what the Bible has to say to us in what is often a dark world. We saw in Isaiah that light was promised with the birth of Christ. And then in John, we heard that light came into the world. Jesus was and is the light that we all need. Then we heard from Caleb in in 2 Corinthians last week that light is still here. As God's people, we share the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. And we encourage everyone to see that light in him and experience it for themselves. But this week, we're going right to the end of the Bible, to the final few verses uh, that were read for us just a few moments ago. And what we see there is that a story that began in Genesis 1 with God saying, let there be light, finishes with light forever. Light, the coming of light into the darkness of our world is one of the central themes of the Bible. Light, as we've seen over the past few weeks, brings life, brings sight, brings hope, brings peace. And as we look to the future, which in many ways is shrouded in darkness, we can be confident if we know and love Jesus today because our final destiny is light forever. That's our big idea today. Our final destiny is light forever. What we're reading here in Revelation 21 and 22 is a vision that the Apostle John saw whilst he was in prison towards the end of his life on the island of Patmos. He was exiled and he was in chains because he was telling people about Jesus. And in this vision, Jesus himself showed John what was to come, how the world ends, and then begins again. And Revelation is a a kind of weird, scary, chaotic book. It's filled with all kind of crazy symbolism, uh, much of it picking up on various different aspects of life in ancient Israel. But the basic theme that it communicates is that there is a cosmic spiritual battle between light and darkness, between good and evil. And that humanity has been drawn into that. But the good news is that in the end, light wins. Darkness is defeated. And as we look into the future, what we see here is a perfect city on a renewed earth. Lots of us might be surprised by that. I think most people's conception of how the Bible ends is that we all go to heaven with God and we float around on the clouds. Well, here's a newsflash for us today. That is not how the Bible ends. That is not going to be the final destiny for humanity. Now, here in Revelation 21 and 22, the city of God comes down from God, from heaven, to the earth. 
and God himself lives on the earth with his people. That is our final destination. Look with me uh, in verse 23 of chapter 21. It says there, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The presence of God himself and the Lord Jesus, the Lamb, will fill our future with light. And that's where I want to focus our attention and our hope today as we approach 2021. Because no matter what the next few weeks and months hold for us, if we belong to Jesus, this is our future. This is our final destination. This is the hope that helps us endure the ups and downs of life. This is the goal that we aim for. It is here that our rest, our joy, our peace, our comfort are truly found. We spend so much of our time, uh, so much of our lives trying to build heaven on earth, trying to make Manchester or our homes or our workplace the ultimate place of light for ourselves. And listen, we've seen over the past few weeks that we are able to experience light and life today with Jesus, know his grace and blessing in our lives. But ultimately, that is just a glimpse of what will be. Our hope is not in this city. It is in the next. So let's look at our passage today and briefly note just four things that give us great, great hope for the future. And the first is this. Our future will be one of pure glory. We live so much of our lives in mundanity, don't we? Standing in the rain, waiting to pick the kids up from school, trying to decide what type of bread to buy in Asda, vacuuming the car. None of that feels particularly glorious, does it? Because it isn't. And more than that, life often isn't simply mundane. It's filled with sin. We don't experience glory because we look at ourselves and we realise that we don't like what we see. We're deceptive, we're arrogant, we're untrustworthy, we're lazy. There's a whole host of things in us that are impure and, and that we're ashamed of. But glory, and the Bible talks a lot about it, Christians talk a lot about it, so perhaps we need to define it today. Glory is the public display of greatness. It's a beautiful violin solo on the last night of the proms. It's Leo Messi uh, winding his way through five defenders and slotting it home in the Champions League final. It's the, it's the crown on the head of the Queen as she opens uh, Parliament. Glory is greatness on public display. And we so often lack it. We feel its absence in our lives. But verse 24 of Revelation 21 tells us that our future will be one of pure glory. The kings of the earth, in verse 24, will bring their splendour into the heavenly city. Further down in verse 26, that same word translated splendour is translated glory and honour. Not just the monarchs, but the nations will bring their glory and honour into the city. We will live in this world of pure glory. And in verse 27, we read, nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. Perhaps you're looking at 2021 today and thinking, well, here goes another year of mundanity. 
or worse, here goes another year of failure, of struggling with sin and losing the battle. Here comes another year of impurity and shame, disappointing myself, letting Jesus down too. But if you belong to Christ, we can look to the future and say, a time is coming when all of life will be glory. No more struggling with sin. No more resigning yourself to a mundane existence. Life in the city of light will be filled with glory as you are made perfect by God and reflect and display his perfection in you. Honour, not shame, is your destiny. That should give us great hope today. That's the first thing. But secondly, as we look forward, we also see a future filled with eternal life. Death cast a shadow over 2020. It is always with us, but more so than any other year. We collectively felt and experienced it as humanity, the world over, really. We were confronted with our own mortality in a way that I don't think has happened in my lifetime so far. And we had to face the reality that one day we will all die. At some point in the future, whether uh, in this year or the years to come, each of us will close our eyes in death, which is really quite frightening to think about, isn't it? Lots of us understandably fear dying. It's probably one of the basest human instincts. And so our culture spends an awful lot of time and money trying to hide the fact that we are dying. We invest in beauty products to cover up the effects of aging. We profile youth and beauty on the television and social media. We rarely see what is going on inside our hospitals and in our crematoriums, which is why this past year has been so jarring and so fear-filled for so many. But as we look to the future, we look to a city where life is eternal. Chapter 22 describes the river of life flowing through the city, watering the tree of life, which constantly bears fruit throughout the year. The scene is reminiscent of the Garden of Eden back in Genesis chapters 1 to 3. This was how life was supposed to be in the beginning. Life that endures, that never dies, no ageing, no decay, just full, healthy life that never ends. And we see in Revelation 20, 22, as people from every nation come to the tree of life, they find healing. Now, plenty of people have uh, discussed and disagreed over the years as to what is the tree of life, what is the river of life. But before we want, start wondering too much about the symbolism of, of the tree and the river, let us just look from where the life flows. It comes from the throne. It comes from God and the Lamb, the Lord Jesus. This is the source. He is the source of eternal life. He is the source of healing and health and strength. God himself. In him was life and that life was the light of men. You know, if you're looking to a vaccine for life this year, let me suggest to you that you're simply not looking far enough into the future. The COVID vaccine, as great as it is, just delays death. For a little bit. But for the Christian, we are just beginning an eternity full of wholesome, eternal life as we receive it in relationship with Jesus. Life as we've never known it before. Right now we know it in part, but then we will experience its fullness 
Imagine what it would be like to never be physically spent, to never know aches and pains, to be perfectly healthy. This is where our hope lies, in the city of light, in the presence of God. Verse 3 of, 20, of chapter 22 tells us, no longer will there be any curse. That again is a direct reference to the Garden of Eden. In Eden we, we sinned and were banished from the garden and from the tree of life. But in the future nothing will bar our access from drinking from the river of life, from eating from the tree of life, as we are welcomed into the presence of God because of the grace of Jesus Christ, who loved us and took our curse for us so that we can enjoy eternal, never-ending life. And the removal of the curse also tells us that we will enjoy, thirdly, fruitful work. Have you ever had a day where you work really, really hard, you do your best, you try everything you can, and ultimately it feels like a massive waste of time? Like your efforts were, in some sense, cursed. Well, that's because in this life, they kind of are. One of the things many of us surely hope for in 2021 is that we'll be successful in whatever we try and do, whether that's raising our kids or doing well in our jobs or helping those around us. We want to look back on New Year's Day 2022 and be satisfied with how the past year went and what we achieved. And surely that's a good thing to aspire to. And it may well happen, but there's always a degree of frustration in our work. Things never seem to go quite the way we hope. And even when they do, success, even our greatest successes, are always temporary. I think about someone like uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, so dominant as the manager of Manchester United, so successful. But as soon as he finished, almost everything he built disappeared. United are a shadow of the side that they once were. And that's like us. Our work, even our best work, never seems to turn out quite as we had hoped. And it's because of that curse of Eden again. We read in Genesis 3.18, God say to Adam that the ground, as he works it, will produce thorns and thistles. Our work will be frustrated and incomplete in this life. But as we look forward, we see a city in which there is no longer any curse. And we read there in verse 3, the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. So there will still be work to do. That shouldn't daunt us. It will be the best work we've ever done because we read in verse 5, and they will reign forever and ever. The servants of God will reign, will enjoy authority and dominion and the ability to achieve the things that we purpose to do. Life and work in the city of light will be fruitful, successful. That's where our future lies. That's where our hope is found. And the reason that that is true, and we've been alluding to it all along, is finally because God is there. What we see at the end of Revelation is the life that we all want. It's the future that we all want. Glorious, fruitful, full of life. And it is like that because God himself is the source and the giver of all those things. We reflected a couple of weeks back that when we sinned, we turned away from God who is the light 
and our lives were plunged into darkness. And it's only when we're reunited with him that we can experience what life is truly meant to be, the life we long for, the life we hope to enjoy. And Revelation 22 depicts a future in verse 4 where we see his face, we live with him, we belong to him, his name is on our foreheads. We're not just his acquaintances, we're his family. We bear his name and we share his blessings as his light, which removes the need for the sun and the moon in the sky, consumes and surrounds us and everything that we are. To a people in darkness looking for light, this is the gospel. You can have this. You can know this. God wants you. This is how your story can end. This is what your future can be. But only if you look to the Lamb. That is where we must look in 2021 as we seek life and light. John repeatedly in this passage refers to the Lamb and he's talking about Jesus and he calls him the Lamb because Jesus came to be our sacrifice. For hundreds of years at the temple in Jerusalem, in ancient Israel, lambs had been slaughtered to make atonement for sins. But all of that blood, all of that slaughter, was simply a picture that pointed to something else. It wasn't actually taking away anyone's sin. How could it? They were just lambs. They're just sheep. Now the sacrifices pointed us to Jesus, the Lamb of God, the light of the world, who came into our darkness to be slaughtered for us, so that we can know life to its fullest. He takes away our sins, he removes our darkness, so that we can enjoy the glory of life in the light. In the new creation, we get to be with God. Think about that for a moment. That's your future reality if you are a Christian. We will see his face. You know, when I think about that, I can barely comprehend what that actually means. If life is a search for light, then this is the ending we truly desire. And perhaps you don't know him today, but you want to, maybe even as you heard this message, this is what you're looking for in 2021. You know that you need this light. Well, let me invite you this morning to start the year by asking Jesus to make you his. Ask him to forgive your sins, to bring you into his light so that no matter how your 2021 goes, your future is filled with light. And whoever we are, let me just wrap us up today by cautioning us as we begin the, the new year not to be too short-sighted. Don't put your hope in vaccines this year or in your career or your family or your friends, but put it in Jesus and fix your sight on your final destiny, the city of light face to face with the God of light. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you today that as we look to the future, we are able to see light forever. Light that never dims, light that endures, light that gives us life and hope and glory. 
Lord God, we look to you. We love you. We thank you for your grace. And for those watching today who don't know you, Heavenly Father, as they pray with me now, I ask, forgive their sins, place them onto Jesus, take away their darkness, and may they experience the light of his forgiveness and transformative power as your spirit changes them and gives them this hope, this certain hope, that no matter what this year holds, their future is filled with light. So Lord, we trust you and we love you and we thank you for your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.